let's just uh, just this fuck it. Let's just jump straight into it. Yeah, no worries. All right, and oh, come on, come on, screen. Where are you? There it is. And welcome to the Pagey Train. Today I have on the uh, show with me uh, Adam Rourke. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you going, man? Yeah, not too bad, man. Oh, look, not too bad in uh, lockdown. This is uh, the sixth Pagey Train episode that has been in lockdown. Uh, so look, a distance from a farm in. Cheers. Cheers. Looking forward to catching up and having a, a proper scooter, man. <laughs> mm. A proper schooner. All right. Well, let's look into the murky crystal ball of what it is to try and predict what COVID is going to do. When do you think it's the first time we're going to be able to have a beer together? Um, well, I'm thinking it's going to be September. We're going to be pushing September, I reckon. You reckon September? So um, August in September? Yeah. So I reckon sort of maybe mid or late September. Because yeah. they're talking about all these vaccine shortages and all this kind of stuff. And they're saying that September um they're going to have getting more restocked in september so i think she's just going to stretch it right out yeah yeah i look i would um i i I don't know i'll get the um the astra shot but i've had allergic reactions to shots before so i'm hesitant about getting that but um i don't think that's a recommendation not to get the astras i'm looking at the same thing because my mum she's got um she's had family history of blood clots so Mm -hmm. Um, I, I want to risk taking that one up and I want to wait and see what happens and I, I definitely will get one but mm. I'm waiting just to sort of you know see wait for the maybe the Pfizer or Moderna or something to come out yeah no I'm, bu- I'm booked in for Pfizer um, in a couple of months but it's a long waiting list um, yeah. so um, the, I joined the waiting list uh, a couple of weeks ago so I understand if you join the waiting list now it's um, Christmas that you'll yeah. get it that's so, just um, crazy isn't it it's just like they had 18 months to get it right. And then we're back in here again, you know, like. Oh, dude, uh, we've literally gone from I um, uh, from uh, globally from the front of the race to the yeah. end of the race. Um, and uh, apparently it's not a race, um, but <laughs> um, it's certainly, there's, I don't, I, I, don't I, I don't think we need, mean to call it a race, but I think there certainly is a sense of urgency with oh, this yeah. public health crisis. So, so mate, yeah, it's crazy. Like this, to you know, I didn't think we we're gonna get back. We'll go back. I thought we, were, you know, I think everyone got a bit complacent, to be honest. Like um, when we we just saw, oh, there's no, there's no COVID anymore, and then all of a sudden, boom, that the um, variant came out, and here we are. We're back into this kind of like Groundhog Day. Yeah, I think I think the government dropped the ball, though. I really do. I think um, between the state governments and between the government, they started playing. Um, playing games, political games um, about, you know, and, and labeling things, you know, golden standards, um, you know, n- unnecessary lockdowns. And then now they've caught themselves in a mode of hypocrisy, yeah. uh, but which is, they, they seem to be okay with that. They seem to be rolling with that. Um, but um, yeah, I just think, um, yeah, I think the most complacent people are the government. Like you can't blame the people for being complacent. Yeah. The people, the, the, the zeitgeist of the people can only understand what's going on around them. Yeah. Um, you need a weather report to know that a cyclone's coming, you know what I mean? Like, if a cyclone's going to hit a town, you tell the town that it's going to come. So that's that's the that's the duty of care that the government has. Um, and I think, yeah, they really... I, I just don't believe... I can't believe that out of an Australian culture uh, of us being deal-makers um, that we didn't get a deal mm. uh, for, uh, for, um, for vaccines. Yeah, oh, it's just... It's crazy just to think that you know, they had the opportunity there to, and he went for the cheaper one. We wanted to try and save the country money, but look what it's done. I, th- I think it's even deeper than that. I think um, it was about producing it in Australia and making sure that um, uh, his 
um, uh, um, allies um, own the companies that were producing it. Yeah. There's a lot of money in COVID. Oh, yeah. You can imagine. You know, you imagine even if it's a, um, if it's $10, if you're making $10 or $100 off each COVID injection, so anywhere between $10 and $100 each COVID injection, that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think I think it's even more nefarious than that. Like I I think that um, um, allegedly uh, I reckon if you chase the money, uh, you'd find that um, it's in their interests financially um, to produce AstraZeneca. And that's the way they're going to try and get the money back that they're already already losing. You know? Yeah, they've they've spent the money and they want their return. So that's why they try to push um, uh, the, the the different uh, groups to um, uh, redefine. Um, who can get AstraZeneca? Yeah. They've tried to um, uh, change the narrative on who can get AstraZeneca. I think the biggest um, people that they pissed off, the Liberal government, was their main constituents, and that's the baby boomers, man. Yeah. Because they basically cast them aside and said, we don't fucking care. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I love how it kept changing. So they said people after, over the age of 50 can get AstraZeneca, and then it went up to 60. And mm. now they're saying, like, teenagers can get it. Yeah. I'm like, come on, give us some, you know, it's confusing the public, to be honest. Yeah, but I think they're deliberately confusing the public. Like I say, I think, I think they, um, they need to get a return on their investment. And they, inve- they, they bet on the fact that AstraZeneca was going to be a proper uh, and higher ranking um, vaccine than it is. Yeah. But when, when compared to Pfizer and other, and other vaccines, even the Johnson & Johnson and the uh, uh, Moderna, yeah. um, it doesn't rank as high. Uh, and and a smart deal would have been like buy a variety of them. Don't just buy one vaccine. Buy a fucking yeah. variety, bro. Yeah, like, have, have, a, have a mix there, so you've got something to fall back on if one's not successful. Absolutely, that's the first rule in any supply chain. Anyone that's involved in any logistical work could tell you that. And, and the most average storeman um, at the most average warehouse could tell you that. Like you don't need a high education to understand that that's that's how that kind of game works. Yeah. You don't need to be. You don't need need, need to be a doctor. You don't need to be a logistics expert. That's just common sense. Yeah. Um, so I, I yeah, I just I, I think they got complacent. The government got complacent and they've dropped the ball. Yeah. But um, you know, with, with that said, like I think you know, not to fully bash out the government side, they the, the, the some some of the things they've done have worked. Um, I think uh, I think federally, um, it's it's failed more than that, than at uh, a state level. I think the states have looked after things as well as they can. Um, um, especially with lock, you know, lockdowns initially in the first part of the lockdown. I think the New South Wales, we dropped a bit of the ball in the lockdown initially. They should have just locked it down like the other yeah. states do. Like again, little par- partial lockdowns and stuff like that wasn't working. The other thing that I think that's that's like a no-brainer is if you're going to have um, people come in from overseas, you don't put them into a highly populated city to to get through a um, pandemic and. Mm. It just takes that one person, like that the limo driver that was driving, no mask. Yeah. And boom, here we are. It's oh, like- look, the other thing I hate about it, man, is the stigma, right? When ministers start reading out about where this um this, um, this outbreak happened, they, they refer to it breaking out in Western Sydney. And it's like, hold on, buddy. No, this broke out in the eastern suburbs. Yeah. So they, they've, they've turned this into a, again, they've politicised it. Yeah. Um, in, in favour to to win a, a, with their constituents, they're passing blame, they're passing the buck. Um, you know, like even just to get the the PM to acknowledge things had gone wrong is near impossible. Yeah. Um, when that when thing when things are tough, he is gone. He may as well go on fucking holiday. Yeah. Um, like you know the bushfires. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's what I think. I think. I think. Um. Um. I don't think. Um. Uh, Australia is going to have a short memory when it comes to the last three years. I, I'm, I'm surely not. Um. But you know. But again, though, I I I I believe that it doesn't matter what um government was in place, we were going to end up with a shit sandwich. Can't deny that. Oh yeah. Um. I'm actually in a way. Um. Not that I'm fully a Labor supporter or a Liberal supporter. I'm like. I know that I'm a paradoxical person. I believe that government's broken, but government's required. Like there's no, I, I'm, I'm governmentally agnostic, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I wish we could just like push the reset button and just start all over again <laughs> with the government. Oh man, I was talking about this the other day on another podcast. I reckon there's a, there's a, a, a way that we can do that. Mm. Um, in Australia, the, the governor general needs to jump in and go. All right, no, we're sucking the government. Yeah, I know. I reckon even even more than that. I reckon um, perhaps um, uh, if we if we move to federation, we can use that maneuver to restructure the government. Yeah, and I think by becoming a federation, we can restructure the government and restructure the constitution and come up with a bill of rights for Australia. Because yeah. currently, we don't have a bill of rights. Australians have no rights. Um, they're all implied. Yeah. All of our rights are implied, so I'd like to see them in, in, in and especially, um, um, uh, you know, constitutionally, uh, looking at uh, first Australians, looking at um, um, uh, the, you know, the conflict, uh, the convict um, uh, influence in that, um, the uh, the colonisation influence in that. I think all of these things need to, and and then immigrants after the fact. I think all of these things need to be acknowledged in the constitution. And I think um, uh, collectively we should all have a Bill of Rights that affords us the right to shelter, the right to uh, food and water, the right to education, the right to health care. Yeah. Um, you know, not I don't mean like a loose list of rights. I mean an actual list of rights that we have yeah. as Australians. We should have that. Yeah. And um, I think, yeah, going turning into a federation would help that or not help that, initiate it. Yeah. Um, well, but again, the only crazy, wacky, crazy idea though. If something's going to change or something's going to give eventually, you know. It has to, man. It has to. Um, but with that said, um, if you look, um, I've looked a lot into this. If you look at the, everything, even from the global financial crisis. So through the global financial crisis, um, the only uh, country that really prospered at that time was Australia. Everyone else is going into recession. We went into a boom. Yeah. Um, a, sec- a, a boom off the back of a boom as well. The boom, a boom had already preceded that boom. And then um, uh, when the Asian market crashed, when the Chinese market crashed, um, the only country in this part of the world that prospered was Australia again. Yeah. Um, moments when the housing market is supposed to pop and this uh, bubble that apparently is out there is supposed to pop. Every time it's supposed to pop, it inflates again. Well, you can see with the COVID because people realise they don't have to go travel to the city anymore. They can work from home. Mm. So there's a boom happening out west now. Like, I mean, like past the mountains and, you know, going down to like Orange and, and Bathurst and places like that. They're, they're getting these, the, the booms are like really getting bigger. Like, and the housing prices are just going through the roof because people want to have, they want to get away from the cities and they want to have that country lifestyle but they can mm. still work, still do their jobs from home, you know? Like. Well, even as far out as west as Penrith, man, I was looking at property in Penrith and um, I found two houses for sale and I found 53 apartments for sale in Penrith. Yeah. That's that's the market at the moment. You can find an apartment to buy anywhere. 
I think there's an oversupply of apartments, apartment buildings in Penrith. Yeah, I think there's an oversupply apartment um, uh, now after COVID. Because if you look at the, the the trend of building in Sydney, most of it was apartments to start filling up the city. Um, <laughs> they couldn't get people to go to the city because there was low supply. So then they oversupplied apartments. And now people are moving out of the city because they realise that they don't have, um, the industrial relationship has changed. Yeah. So now they've got all this surplus of um, apartments. So, um, yeah, I think um, I think it's a good thing because it'll allow young people to get access to real estate. Yeah. They won't be able to buy a house, but they can buy an apartment. Yeah, you know, even rentals, maybe rentals might come down a little bit too if there's, there's oversupply, you know. Oh, yeah, I think um, uh, even with, um, uh, um, uh, I've heard stories of landlords like asking tenants not to leave, um, uh, coming up with better arrangements during, during these lockdowns, um, you know, because it's only... If this continually happens, there's only a matter of time before like the government won't be able to hand out money because at some point they're going to run out of money. They're going to go, no, nah, we can't spend any more money because we're at a critical mass. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to lose a service of some kind. They're going to go, well, it's either we pay you now or we get rid of Medicare. They'll, they'll probably do something crazy like that, right? They're already talking. Liberals always always had the plan of axing Medicare. Yeah. Every, every time they get in power, it's always that's one of the things on their agenda. Yeah, but that's that's what these American ideas, man. It's a very American idea. They want to axe Medicare, and then they want to make hundred thousand dollar degrees, which are all, both of those things are very American in nature. And I go, well, in my brain, I go, well, if you're going to be Americanized in this way, um, we need a bill of rights. If you're gonna if you're gonna start screwing us this way, we need a bill of rights. Yeah, well, any any um uh, like course like the the bachelor course that I've done the. Um... Uh, communications, media production, uh, arts media production. Um, mm-hmm. Those courses have just, like like skyrocketed in price now. Yeah, I've, I've looked at like I think it was like when I done it, it was like twenty something thousand. Mm-hmm. Now it's better than now they're looking at about forty thousand. Yeah, and my masters that I'm doing is like you know I'm getting this. My hex is getting bigger and bigger every time I <laughs> <laughs> every time you study. Oh no, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to pay this back. But oh, uh, well, I'm actually I actually just paid off my hex. Oh, I just I'm, paid it off. I'm skyrocketing now. I'm like, I don't know where the cutoff is, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying doing the masters though. It's been been a good. I think the cutoff's pretty big. I think it's I think it's based on time and money. So yeah. depending on what your duration at university is versus how much money you've spent. So you could spend a whole bunch of money really quickly up to a hundred thousand. Yeah. But if you've been at uni for more than six years, I think they then bring that number down. You can't spend so much. Yeah. Um, but um, it is in the vicinity of a hundred grand. Yeah. I think you can get up to a hundred grand debt uh, with those guys. Um, yeah. I, I, mine passed 30 and I only just recently paid it off. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to pay it off. The way I see it is once I've um, got the, the masters and I'll get that cushy job, you know, in 150K a year, it wouldn't matter like paying off, you know, some hex debt. You know. Yeah, you'd think that though. You'd think that. But um, uh, the more you get paid, the more you, uh, earn, the more you burn. <laughs> the more you got, no, well, the more the more they take. So there's oh, not yeah, a flat rate. Yeah, that, that bracket that keeps jumping up. Yeah, yeah. When you get up to high earners, it's um 8.5%. So if you're on 100 grand a year, they take $8,500 off you a year. It's a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. That's, yeah. A lot of, that's a lot of money out of your gross income. Well, so the thing is, I, I just think it's not, um, like the price of uni is just ridiculous. Mm. That, like when a lot of these politicians and stuff, they, they don't have university for free. You know, they... Yeah, the guys taking it away are the ones that are axing it, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah putting the prices up and everything like that 
Well, the other, that's the other thing that's changed, man. COVID has changed the way we look at education and the industrial relationship. Um, things can be done from home. Um, uh, the, the two universities that are doing really well at this at the moment is um, WSU and Sydney University and, and UTS. Yes. Uh, these, these three universities are doing really well in the online space. And um, yeah, well, also, um, yeah, yeah. with the SAE and SAO has been quite good with the online reviews. Um, yeah, well, they, were, they were already leading the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, all online um, and they um, we do the Zoom catch-ups and all that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. it is, I, I find myself, I like actually going into the place and, and you learn, I think you learn more when you're actually in, a, in an environment, of like a, a classroom kind of or a lecture hall environment. Whereas online, you've really got to be um, self-disciplined and, and really get stuck into it because you can true. get lost with the whole, the whole thing. Well, as someone, who, as someone who is, uh, look, I'm, I'm pretty disciplined at research and study. Like I can really get into it, but um, I'm probably one of the most laziest people I know. Um, it's very, I, it is extremely challenging to focus and study at home. Uh, working from home, not so much because I've always worked from home. Like as a contractor, I've always worked from home for the last decade. I've been doing that. So working from home, it wasn't much of a, a, a switch for me. Uh, I remember some people talking about having to set up their home offices and, you know, set up a space where they could work from home. I'm like, I already do that. That's, that's, I just yeah. sit where I normally do work. Um, yeah. But, you know, but bring me into that though. Uh, it's tax time um, uh, for you uh, smart kids out there that have been working from home. Don't forget, you can get 52 cents off, um, uh, uh, 52 cents per hour of tax um, uh, from working from home. But um, if you really squeeze it, I figured out you can do it up to about 83 cents. So do your research um, uh, and uh, go through. I recommend um, if you really want to get um, uh, minimize your tax, go through a tax agent and you can get it up to that 83 cents an hour sort of shit, um, yeah. which takes into account your power usage, your internet usage, um, your computer as an asset. So, um, that, yeah, um, don't forget to go do that, kids. Claim your tax. Yeah, we uh, pay them for. especially now because because we're all working from home most of us anyway um we're using the power you know we've got um all everything you're using it you know you're consuming that where normally your, your office would be consuming you're used to consuming the power in the office you know but mm. you know, get that um and then you've got to buy supplies and all that kind of stuff so yeah, yeah man totally um we, the office works bill is way higher this year than it was last year that's for sure and the year before yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, highly recommend that. Um, but um, I'm, I'm, my fears at the moment, obviously, with this lockdown, like I projected um, uh, a lot of um, my productions uh, are supposed to be on now. Like it happened to me last time, actually. I was supposed to be doing a production and I got shut down from, um, from COVID because I can only do productions at certain points of the year because of other events that I run. Yeah. um and um gigs man so gigs i keep booking gigs and keep cancelling gigs i didn't have i haven't advertised any gigs this year uh in preparation for that yeah. um but um i have three gigs booked two are cancelled and i've got one left that i think would be a if it does go ahead will be a restricted gig yeah um i guess my question is do you, do you feel comfortable one either playing gigs or going to gigs um post lockdown um definitely still go to gigs i'll, I'll be fine with that um I'll, i want to even get back into promoting again but um i actually started i started working on my website 
mm-hmm. um, and before lockdown, there was a bit of a buzz going around. Like I'm living in the mountains now, so the upper mountains, and there's uh, been a bit of a buzz going around with like, like the local venue up here. Um, we're putting live music on all the time. Um, so I was having a yarn to them, had a few ideas, and um, and so yeah, but uh, we like our band's uh, Mercury Rise. Um, hasn't performed in over oh, now probably three years I think. So oh, wow! And then um, we've had members leave, so we've just had our drummer leave, and so um, we've just, we've just found some new drummers. Like they come and audition, and then boom, lockdown. So yeah, can't uh, practice. So, yeah, we haven't had to. We couldn't even audition a new drummer. Um, we had a singer leave, so that's why that was another thing. That, so we got a new singer and. Yeah. Uh, and so we're doing a few covers in that band too. We've, um, the singers, we're doing um, You Could Be Mine by Guns N' Roses. That's a kind oh, yeah. of, that's a voice he's got. Oh, yeah. And so we're doing some, um, a bit of ACDC. Um, what else are we doing? Oh, some uh, uh, Paranoid, Black Sabbath. Oh, yeah. And, um, and the rest is all original stuff. So, yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, it's just, a, it's been a bit of a shame that we haven't been able to do anything. And, you know, just as we're starting to get the ball rolling, Boom, there we are. Oh, yeah. man, I, I, in our band, it's been really weird. Um, it's been a, um, a, an emotional thing, I guess, because um, we all do different work. We're all of different marital statuses. Like some of us have kids, some of us don't, some of us are married, some of us aren't. Um, some, um, some are younger, some are older. Like there's a big, there's a bit of a mix in the band. And people's motivational levels, when you put someone into a jam room and you all sort of had that physical contact, it's easier to make sort of like, creative contracts you go man if you go and do this i'll go and do that and i'll meet you back here yeah right so but online it's back to that motivation thing right it's hard to it's hard to remain motivated if you're working from home or not working from home dealing with your life and then putting all that aside to then do creative work and to do that at home um without going to a jam room or without being complimented by a jam room can be challenging um so we've all been on different pages at different times and last lockdown we had it together i think we even we even made a small ep so we'd made an ep not a small ep but i think we can yeah we would have enough material for an ep so four songs um that we'd totally written online by sharing um sharing content and then adapting that content but this time it's been harder to motivate the band to to write yeah I kind of feel a sense of that across the whole music industry at the moment. Like there's just people have just, we're kind of, our industry's gone at the moment. And, and we've, because we've gone through this the second time, I think it's just, everyone's just like, not sure what, what sort of industry we're going to have after this, this lockdown is finished. And what, if, the, if venues are going to even want to take risks in, in booking bands anymore, because every time they book something in, they've got to cancel it because there's another outbreak. You know, look what happened with the, the Blues Festival mm. in Byron Bay. And they've yeah. scheduled that, but that was cancelled within, you know, like 12 hours of the show. Like they had everything, all the infrastructure put in place. Boom, there goes the festival. Yeah, they've already dropped their money down on it. It's yeah. done. They've gone, okay, hold your tickets. We're rescheduling it. But let's see what happens there. That, like that's, that's meant to be, I think, when was it um, October or something? Mm. Um, off the top of my head but um yeah we'll see we'll see what happens there with that but i just feel there's a sense of um you know um 
well, I can't think of the word of it, but or like the, uncertainty. Yeah, just for the the whole music industry in general. Um, and you know, it's, it's everyone wants to see music. Like everyone loves music. You know. Mm. Um, and if we can't see it, we can't. The musicians can't go out and perform. Um, we don't know what. But yeah, it's just that uncertainty. We don't know what, what's going to happen next. You know. Yeah, and I suppose it's a bit depressing in that way. Um, it's hard. It's hard to. Um, uh, I don't know, but I've worked it on. I'm working on other projects at the moment um, that are interstate. So the interstate projects that I'm working on at the moment, they they seem to be flourishing. But again, though, um, I'm, I'm, I, like personally, I don't know if this is across the board for other people, but personally, I'm I'm stuck between doing um, uh, my side projects that are, are really succeeding, but I can't leave the state to go and perform. Yeah. Or um, um, that where I in the state where I can perform, um, my band is depressed and and is not writing new music, so we can only play our old our old music or do or or do covers. We're doing doing a few covers lately. Um, well, not, it's not that, that it's a bad thing to do covers. It's just, um, uh, I don't know. I do, I do get a big buzz out of like performing new music and knowing that it, it's all come together. Um, but um, we're doing obscure sort of covers at the moment. We're doing stuff like from Will Haven. Nice. Uh, yeah, we're doing some, um, or maybe a bit of Lamb of God as well. Um, yeah. We're doing some really, really heavy stuff. Um, but I don't know. Um, I'm still like even practicing as well um i ended up investing in um uh, some new equipment so i can practice at home um into a mic because there's a difference between practice like, as a singer there's a difference practicing with and without a mic I know um, Pro, Tools, Pro tools is um like i haven't used i haven't used it for for a while but um i was looking into it and they actually have it set up that you can jam with anyone around the world and lot in real time as well really yeah, so I'd have to have, I'll have another look at that again. Man, but. I'm going to totally look into that because um, most of it, most of the band now, uh, most of Mendoza are plugged in in some way, yeah. um, uh, and uh, because that's how we exchange riffs, it's how we exchange um, you know vocal lines, drum you know um, uh, drum recordings, this sort of thing. Um, because most of us we do it to a click track, so we'll do all of it to a click track, so we can do a little mini. Um, uh, so not fully produce it, but produce it enough so that we've got something to work with um but yeah dude jam live that would be that would be intense that'd I'm be really intense again I, was, I remember when it came out a few years ago but um yeah that like you can just you can like write a like a, a live track and you invite people to come and join musicians from all over the world mm. and they advertised it i think it was on like youtube or something and it looks looks really good so it actually it'd be good to check it out like i'd I never yeah i never end up downloading it but um There'd be something. It'd be a bit of fun because it's, it's some of the musicians you can meet on there. Yeah, you know, that'd be quite interesting. Yeah, well, that's the other side of that um, I miss. Like, um, because we run our um, a small recording uh, rehearsal studio just for the band, so the band has its own rehearsal studio. And the thing I miss from going um, and renting one is you don't run into other bands. Yeah, the only time I run in, yeah, because that wasn't that like jam pr and practice um, joints. Is where you meet other bands. It's where you're bands socialize, networking and stuff as well. You know. Yeah, because you're lots, yeah, lots of gigs and there's um your sweet leaf out at Mount Drew. It's closed, totally closed down now. That's great. Oh, has it? Yeah. Um, the one that's well, I'm not sure, but my guitarist said um, uh, the, the one that used to be called Party Pigs. I don't know what that's called. Is that Girawine? That's that's closed down. 
mm. after good. Um, and then there was, um, it's had a different name now, and I can't remember what the name is, whatever it is, but, um, and then the Dragon's Den, that's gone, that was the one in Penrith, that's closed yeah. as well for good. Oh, uh, did that, the Dragon's Den closed down as well? Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, shit, that, man. That happened last year when the first lockdown happened. Um, yeah, just, you know, that, that's, that's kind of, to me, looking at that is kind of the st- showing the state of our industry. You know, yeah, uh, we're, we're even like the rehearsal studios can't stay open. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe there's like with these things with like Pro Tools and practicing online, um, uh, that that could have an impact on it as well. And 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 operators like me, they go, oh, I'll just I'll just build my own studio and then just yeah. set it up privately for the band. Yeah. Um, I'm not I'm not helping the industry either because they're missing it. They're missing out on my hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Um. Yeah, well, we we done the same when I'm old. One of my old places we had it we always just jammed at my house and we had it set up like a big lounge room area and mm. yeah, it's, it's great because you don't have to worry about driving you driving anywhere you just leave it set up and off you go you know? yeah man i'm literally um uh, three minutes down the road from um, um the studio so i can just like um uh get in the whip and go like yeah um it's all sorted but um yeah um yeah, man, I, I, don't, I don't know. We, we had a, um, a, a practice set up before COVID lockdown. Um, and then, we, you know, we're about to be on a roll again of uh, practicing our new music, writing some other music. We're back into the studio and we had that, you know, how, how a band can get that vibe where everyone's clicking and it's starting to work. Yeah. Yeah, we were at that moment after being depressed, and now we're back to being depressed again. And it's like, fuck, man. All right, so now we're going to change our methodology. Right, we'll go back to writing online again. Yeah. Um. So it's been, yeah, it's been a bit traumatic. Um. For the band, um. We, uh, when COVID started, um, we were starting to get um books bookings every month. Um. At, at Frankie's. Yeah, man, we played it. Yeah, that was our last gig. Man, was at Frankie's. <laughs> Um, you know, you know, you get in the paper, you get on Frankie, you get it, you play at Frankie's, your stuff's on the radio, you're, you're doing all right. Yeah. You know, um, as a as a as a shit kicking garage band that does, you know, that is it, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, good venue. It's a shame I heard they were actually going to be getting relocated because of a tram line they're trying to build through. Yeah, air quotations relocated. Is it going to be re- relocated, or are they just going to knock it over? Everyone's like that. There's actually a. a um, like a everyone's kicking a stink up about it and put out a petition to stop it from happening uh, yeah man some big bands have played at that venue man oh yeah yeah it's just a classic joint isn't it it is the best it yeah. is iconic man um but they, they, these iconic places close man um even yeah. things that are iconic that move around the city you know um things like the valve bar man um uh, the valve bar closing down at the um agent court yeah. I always get that word wrong. You know the pub I'm talking about. Yeah, the Argent Court. Yeah. The Argent Court, yeah. yeah. It used to be at um, Tempe. The old Valve Bar was at Tempe originally. Yeah, I played at was- Tempe, man. I've played at Tempe. That had a mad. That was a mad little venue, but no one. It was really hard to get to, and you know, it's hard to get crowds there and stuff. But yeah, uh, I played. It's actually funny because I um, all my memories just come up. Um, I was in a band called the Dirty Grotto back in the day. <laughs> I've been in a heap, heap of bands, but this was one of them, one of my stints. And um, we played at the at the, the Valve Bar at Tempe. And that uh, just just popped up on my, my um on my memories. It was a, it was a good gig, actually. Yeah. We've got a renter crowd in there. So <laughs> yeah, renter crowd, all the girlfriends of the bands, the other bands' girlfriends, and um, uh, three of their friends 
uh, coming along, um, and maybe maybe some brothers and uh, some other siblings, yeah. cousins and whatnot. Anyone I can drag to get to a gig yeah, to make it look a bit more full for the photos. You wear them out eventually. You go, oh, I'm not going to go to that gig now. I've had enough. <laughs> Me, yeah. I've seen your band 50 times. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's where, that's where you want to get, like, you don't want a headline, man. You want to, that's the, the, I reckon the real secret to being in a good band, man, is headlining every, uh, like twice a year, but the rest of your gigs just hopping on bills, man. Yeah. Just be it. a fill in band, be a, be a gun for hire. That's the yeah. go. That's how you do touring, it. Touring would be the best thing. Like, I've done a small tour. I've toured with uh, Spy vs. Spy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, my old, one of my other bands I was in um, called Remo Street. We'd done a four-day stint with them, mm-hmm. four gigs in a row. So it was like down at um, uh, Huskisson and then Ulladulla and oh, yeah? uh, Marimbula and then back up to Batemans Bay. And yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah, so we're hanging out with the boys and... Um, yeah, um, Michael Wiley's past, God bless his soul. So, mm. um, but yeah, he um, that was just a, was a mad tour. And some of the stories I heard about all Spy Boys, well, uh, I, had, I had some fun times. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah, and yeah, no, I definitely. How massive over in Brazil, and they still are. Like they've got a new lineup now. Um, but they're, yeah, they're still a massive following in Brazil. Like they yeah, yeah. go on there and they're playing these massive stadiums, you know, like. And um, yeah, we're logging PA systems as well on that one. So, <laughs> oh, after day four, I was absolutely stuffed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet, man. Um, yeah, living in small spaces. I, I, I posted. I did a post today. Um, I, 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 I meme ripped somebody. Can't remember who I meme ripped. Uh, but um, uh, what did it say? The definition of a musician: uh, someone that um, uh, loads. $5,000 worth of uh, music gear into a $500 car in order to drive 100 kilometers to be paid $50 for a gig. <laughs> so yeah, that one floating around for the year, over the years. It's yeah. Like, it's like, you know, yeah. They get paid 50 bucks. They pay, they pay for us. They pay, um, pay us in beer. <laughs> yeah. Well, you may as well. It's cheaper for them and you're just going to spend it anyway. Yeah, so it's, it's just it's money going back into that, into there. Yeah. But yeah, oh, but that's why Frankie's, Frankie's was a great venue, man. You'd show up, they'd have a, um, a beer for you for the bands, yeah, and a pizza for the bands. So they feed you, get you drunk, and then they pay you for the show. Oh, right, real, isn't it? And that's what you. That's what a venue should do, man. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't matter what fee you get if you're if you're a band man, any fee that money goes somewhere um, generally positive for the band. Yeah, that's it. Um, might cover some fuel or something like that. Yeah, cover a little bit of petrol or um, it might... Um, Drum kit, you know? Yeah, or just goes into the kitty for their next EP. Like, it, go, it goes somewhere. Um, yeah. That's that's why we try and sell merch, man. That's the whole idea of selling merch. You're trying to... Merch, merch is the way to go. It shows that that really pushes up the uh, revenue. Um, Massively. Uh, yeah. Massively. Oh, I'm actually wearing a prototype right now. This is the this is a prototype Mendoza shirt. Um, it's kind of got like a Simpsons theme on it there. Yeah, 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 that's right. So you got you got Mendoza. That's him. That's the Mendoza and McBain press stars like a computer game. Oh, but, yeah. But um, yeah, um, these ones are hard to get. They are out there. Um, we we sell we sold these ones at a really high price. We got we, we were getting like forty dollars for these shirts. Oh wow. Yeah, um, that's, that's where you get that. that seriously, it's uh, merch is like I was helping. Um, I was when I, we'd done that tour tour with Spies. I was helping do the merch, and they were just raking it in. Yeah. CDs and t-shirts and hats and um, stubby holders and all that kind of stuff. 
um, yeah, I'll just like really clean it up on that. And yeah, it's definitely what I've always said to my the bands I've been been in is we need to get our merch sorted out for our shows because that's yeah seriously where you really make a if you're not getting paid much from the venue you can make it on the other way if someone people like your band well yeah. you're going to sell them your, your um, merch yeah man we be we even sell our merch online um so um uh, we've had to like mail shirts to people we've had to mail EPs to people um and yeah I, I, weirdly enough um we get um we get a bit of radio play down in Melbourne Oh, nice. And um, yeah, we've had like strange requests. Like um, we always ask, like when someone mails us, we're like, whose cousin's this? Who, who the fuck is this? Why don't they just ring us and tell us they want a shirt? <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, there's been like um, a, a few instances of us actually mailing interstate uh, people that want more merch. So like, uh, yeah, uh, the, but to collect merch these days is a bit more complicated. Um, it used to be just a money tin and you collect cash, right? Um, but um, most people don't have cash on them anymore. Um, so a problem that we ran into is people saying, oh, we don't have cash. So we bought a, uh, I think it was for like 30 bucks, we bought a little um, card tapper. Yeah, 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 that, I've seen man. That links to a PayPal. Yeah. Um, so we collect the money on PayPal at the venue so we can actually do um, uh, cashless transactions. Yeah. Um, but the problem with that is uh, PayPal gets like, you know, whatever percent uh, yeah. So we so we had to work out like the shirt cost thirty one dollars and ninety four cents, so yeah. that we could get so we could get our profit margin and pay PayPal. Yeah. Um, so um, it, 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 the cashless transaction sounds great, uh, but um, uh, really uh, we'd prefer the cash. But people just don't carry it anymore. Yeah, um, but, but people are getting a bit more afraid of it because of the pandemic too. So that's, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, look, the big lesson is, kids. I'm um, going. If you're doing a band, um, you got to get, you got to have some merch. Um, uh, doing anything really, um, uh, merch, merch will help you along the way. And also, um, it's like free advertising too. Like they're wearing shirt, you know, wearing the band shirt around. So you're getting uh, the bands are getting, you know, free advertisement. You know. Yeah, man. I've went. To, I've been to a few um, uh, concerts where people have been wearing my band shirt. I'm like, that's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. That's really cool, um, especially if you don't know the person. Uh, that's even better. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, um, uh, seeing the band shirt out there is pretty cool. Um, and uh, yeah, to totally recommend it. But I just hope, um, yeah, I got. We, we're supposed to be um, doing a gig in November. Won't say the venue yet in case we get cancelled. Yeah. But um, yeah, supposed to, Mendoza's supposed to be doing a gig again in November. Um, actually, uh, hey, if Mercury Rising wants to. Uh, uh, um, uh, playing man, let me know. I've got, a, I've actually yeah. got a spot. Oh, we'll be, we'll be keen and like similar style of music too. So, yeah, yeah. man. No, serious, serious. I've got a, I've, um, um, one of the bands that um, uh, broke up that we uh, had put up. Um, yeah. So we've got a spot, man. If you guys want it in oh, November, yeah. hopefully we'll be ready. But just depends on how long this lockdown thing lasts, and hopefully there's still some uh, rehearsal studios left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're coming down to use your one. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, look, if you need if you need to borrow our studio, man, you can totally do that. Yeah, uh, that'd be fun, actually. That'd yeah. be fun. We should totally just do it anyway. Yeah, have, have yeah. a um, once it could be a, a um, after lockdown celebration jam session. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. Oh, well, look. Um, obviously, we'll stay on after our our our, our show today. Yeah. Uh, but but the, look, you've heard it here first on the pagey train. Uh, it's the first time I've done a like a, a band deal on air, so that's pretty <laughs> fucking cool. Um, 
Um, I've actually this, there's a there's another uh, mob you've just reminded me. I've got to go chase. I won't mention them yet. So I'm trying to put that now that with, if I get you guys on, I've got a really good contrast of different bands, man. So yeah. uh, it's now, all heavy, it's all heavy rock, are... all heavy metal. Yeah, but yeah, man, it should it'd be a good show. So hopefully, the boys are keen. They're really itching to get out and play. You know, so yeah, um, man. Oh, it's sweet. We should, um, as long as this lockdown finishes when it does, we'll be we'll have something to work towards, you know. Yeah, if it finishes in October, um, because then we've got October, November, we've got you know five weeks. Yeah, we'll be able to get it all sorted out by then. Yeah, man. And what I'll try and do is I'll buy a whole bunch of masks with our band names on it, we'll sell it as merch. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's another thing. I, I bought this, um, Australian um, research. Um, it's uh, what is it? It's, uh, it's, it's called Ars Australian Research and Exploration Mask. Space, oh, yeah. space ah. exploration yeah <laughs> uh, i walk around the shops where it's got the writing on the bottom like real thin writing and it's um it just it looks hilarious and some of the looks i've been getting <laughs> <laughs> there you got uh, i've got ass on my face okay what's the problem <laughs> <laughs> it was that um when scomo he said he's gonna they go they announced a, a space exploration in australia and this this group on facebook put their they put it together and came up with us. Yeah, Australian Research and Explorations. Yeah, yeah whatever it was. Space exploration. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right, man. Look, I think I think we're just about. Sorry again. One on Facebook. If you want to check it out, it's hilarious. Some of the stuff that they put on there. Yeah. All right. Cool. 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 Well, I think I think um, we're uh, just about out of time, Adam. No worries. Um, if guys want to go and check out where they can find Mercury Rising, where can they go? Uh, it's Mercury Rise. And Mercury it, Rise, sorry. Yeah, and it's just on Facebook. You'll find us on there. Um, and we've also got a EP that's on uh, Spotify, on all your, all your music streaming services, Apple Music and YouTube. Um, and there's some live videos of us on YouTube as well. Yeah, um, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. You guys certainly have a lot of content out there. So you kids, be sure to go out there and, and check out Mercury Rise. I always get your band mixed up with that. What was that movie? It was Mercury yeah, Rise yeah, with yeah, Bruce yeah. Willis? We've cropped that a few times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, we're, we're like a five-piece five-piece rock band. So um, you know, Marshall Stacks and I've got the fridge. I'm just looking at over there. Yeah. The fridge. Um, <laughs> my back's a bit sore over the years trying to cut these, cut that gear around. <laughs> yeah, we've actually got a, we've got a couple of trolleys. Uh, we used to have a band van, but we got rid of the band van. But uh, um, yeah, it certainly is not good for the lower back. Even some of these axes that these boys carry uh, hold on to on on stage are pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, it's definitely. Um, yeah, that's why you need roadies. <laughs> well, at this uh, at this uh, at this point, I don't think I'm ever going to get a roadie, mate. So I'm just going yeah. to put it up with the fact that I'll be a roadie. Um, my band's probably listening to this, going, "You don't fucking help lift anything, anyway, Roscoe. <laughs> you're the front. You're the front man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm usually out there you know, doing the PR and shit. You know what we call that? The the, the front people. They, they got the LSD, man. Lead singing <laughs> disease. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I think there's a little bit of truth in that. <laughs> Man, well, we got to work the room. It's what we do. We, we're the talkative ones. You got to go talk to the promoter and go talk to the crowd. Go shake everyone's hands. Yeah, and say good day. It's part of the show. You got to do that network. That's, That's it. Good. You got to show that appreciation, baby. You got to get out there and make people feel good. hundred percent. All right, but anyway, man, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I'll definitely get you back in the studio at some point. That'll be a lot of fun. That'd be great. Yeah, for sure, man. All right, you guys have been watching The Pagey Train. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple iTunes. You can find us on Amazon Play. You can also find us on Overcast, Anchor, 
iHeartRadio, and of course, YouTube. And if you've been watching us on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. Every subscription helps. Um, you've been watching The Pager Train, and we'll see you next time. All right, that's the show, man. All done. Awesome. Yeah, so um, I think another band would be good, man. Um, if you're...